Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Speak Up podcast. And since we recorded the last episode, I got some exciting news about the podcast that I did not know. And that is that we are number five in the world in the category of communication podcasts. A few years ago, we were number nine. So thanks to you, dear listeners. We are now number five, so we're well on our way to world domination. And to celebrate today, this is episode 150, and we have a guest who is not a business coach, not a business executive, not a normal entrepreneur, but I have a special treat for you. We're going to talk to Craig Archibald, who is an acting coach in Los Angeles. He's my working actor and an acting coach. And so he is tuning in from Los Angeles. And of course, I'm here in Charleston. He has a book called The Actor's Mindset. And I read the book yesterday. And I was thinking it was going to be like acting tips for people in business. But no, it's acting for actors. And it was fascinating, fascinating. He has a lot of stories that we'll probably get into some of them in our conversation today. And I just wanted to mention one more thing before I let Craig introduce himself and tell you a little bit about his path. His The foreword of his book is written by the actor or actress Constance Wu, who was in Crazy Rich Asians, if any of you liked that movie, as I did. I love all of Kevin Kwan's books. So she's a beautiful and talented actress. And you, I could tell, as I was just telling Craig, writing a book is much more difficult than you think it is. And to get somebody else of their own volition to sit down and write why one's work is so important is uh, speaks highly, speaks really well for for Craig. So welcome. I'm glad to have you here. Well, thank you very much, Lauren. Congratulations on being number five. That's awesome for you. <laughs> I, know. I know that it's so funny, the role of categories, but in the communication world, we are number five. So awesome. I was excited to see that. And it was funny because I was looking to see if the podcast was available on Spotify for somebody who was asking me. I mean, I, I didn't know. And then in that process, I saw, oh, the top communication podcast. And then I saw, oh, I'm number five. <laughs> so, Congratulations. That's anyway, so fun. That was fun. It's great. You know, you get so many bad surprises in the day to day. <laughs> it's really nice when you get a good one. So, Craig, I'm going to tell the audience. I know some of you are from Canada. Craig is originally from Canada, and he started out as a dancer. He was a top dancer in his town. And why don't, why don't you tell us the story of how you went from da- dancing to acting and then kind of fast forward into uh, what uh, prompted you to do such a crazy thing and write a book? Well, that's a long journey, but I'll, I'll hopefully make it entertaining. And, you know, I'd like to start off with something right away. Even though I do not coach business people, I believe that a lot of my coaching acumen is very shareable with the business world. I think that there's a lot of crossover that will be interesting for your audience. And even within my book, there's interesting, as you said, you know, there's, you thought it might've had more business stuff, but there is a lot of crossover with the business and where that comes in is in mindset. So I want to return to that later after I answer that Mm -hmm. question, but I just wanted to say that up front because the mindset to me is really the, the simple trick to success. 
If you have the right kind of mindset, you can have the success that you desire. So I did start off as a young actor and dancer in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, a great little city to grow up in. And I did a lot of theater as a young man. And in that theater was musical theater. And I had an aptitude for dance. And so dance was a big part of my life. And I trained in it. I studied it. I trained in the theater as well. I had my degree from the theater, um, the University of Saskatchewan. And then I went on to train in London. I trained at the Neighborhood Playhouse, a famous theater school in New York City with Sandy Meisner. And all that time, I kept training in dance as well. And uh, the fun story that sort of starts off the book is the horrible audition I had for a big Broadway musical in which I was surrounded by a bunch of really top-end New York Broadway dancers. And I was not in my league, let's say. But the, the purpose of that story is to show that even though you may not be in the right league, you can still make a breakthrough for yourself personally. And in fact, I got a call back that day for the acting auditions the next day, which is what I really wanted to do. But the upshot of that audition was that I was not up to that professional standard. And I didn't think I would ever be because those dancers on Broadway are really professional athletes. And I wasn't at that level of professionalism. Mm -hmm. As many people go through their lives when they love a sport and then they realize one day, wait, I'm not going to be a professional hockey player. I'm not going to be a professional soccer player. That is a moment that is a growth moment, but it's an important moment when you realize your limitations. And so when I realized that, I just went straight into my acting career without the idea of dancing and, and being in Broadway musicals. And so I did my uh, New York acting career. I was in New York for a solid 20 years, and now I've been out here for 16 years in Los Angeles. And when I made the turn from New York to Los Angeles, I also made the turn from being a full-time actor, writer, and producer into being the acting coach. I started coaching actors back in 1995, and that has always been a joy for me because it's just an exploration of my art form. And when I got out here, taking it the next step and giving back to the next generation was a big step forward for me to give back and be able to help others. And also, you know, take a little bit more of the control of my career in my hands, because as an artist, you're often waiting for the next audition, waiting for the next approval, seeking the next job, seeking the next job. And I'd done that for a long time and I was a little tired of it. So I decided to start my own company and be my own entrepreneur and start my own journey into the business world. And I had the really great fortune of meeting two great business coaches. One was Mary Kay Durant out of San Diego, and the other is Les McGeehee out of Austin, Texas. And those two great coaches have guided me through the entrepreneurial system and really opened my eyes to how business works and how I could run my business and make my business better and better, which I also have given over to my clients, those business skill sets. Young artists tend to think that that's all they are as an artist, mm -hmm. and it is very detrimental to their success if they're not thinking in terms of being an entrepreneur. And that entrepreneurial spirit and that entrepreneurial mindset, again, we're back to mindset, is very important to how people progress within their art form and how they make it in Hollywood. And mm -hmm. also for people that are out in the business world, if you're not thinking with the proper mindset, you're not going to be attaining the goals that you want to attain. Absolutely. I, that's so true. And, and, and the, the things that I wrote down were things that you were saying in your book that I tell my clients, I was like, what? I say that. And the entrepreneurial mindset, and first of all, mindset in general, as I tell clients every day, like 
if you get the mindset right, the communication part will follow. But if you don't get that right, it doesn't matter how much coaching we do. The mindset is the foundation for everything, really. And I really like what you said, you know, telling actors that they need to like think of themselves as many businesses, even if they decide, you know, for a certain amount of time, I'm going to do acting and only acting, but it's still there, the like the CEO of their of themselves. And in the corporate world, you can get lured into thinking that somebody else is going to promote you like the school system. That is a, you know, our school system teaches us, oh, you know, turn in what the teacher asks for and you get an A and you go from first grade to second on up. And, pe- and people, especially those who are good students, can get so trapped into, well, I'm just doing what they told me to do and I'm doing it really well. But that is not nearly enough. It's just tablespoons really to, to get the done. Sometimes you need to push back, which is not something you do in school. So that's right. Um, I, I agree with you completely. And also that leads people to not take the initiative, right? You always think, oh, right. there's, there's a teacher there that's going to take care of me. Oh, the professor is going to guide me through this. Oh, my boss is going to teach me how to do this. Oh, the senior manager is going to guide me through this. And it, it stops people from taking their own power. And that, right. that empowerment is really important, no matter where you are in the business world, whether you're mm-hmm. a single entrepreneur or whether you're inside a company, your movement and your growth within that, your growth within your career is really important that you take control of that and don't give it up to others. You know, and that's something also, there's something that I, I talk about in the book as well, which is from our school system, we're taught that once we have the answer, we're finished. All right. One right. plus one is two. Okay, I'm done. Right. And one of the things that you gain as you move into the business world is the answer isn't the end. When you get to the answer, that's just the first step. Now, what am I going to do with that answer? What can I do with that answer? And is that really the only answer? Is there another answer out there? Is there something I can dig into to be more educated and, and have a broader perspective so that my wisdom base is not based on what somebody else thinks, but what I have found to be the truth from my own investigations and finding my way into whatever part of the industry it is that you're working in. Can you take yourself further past just the answer that you got? Mm-hmm, that's a mm-hmm. that's a big step forward. And I think that the very best colleges in the world do teach us that, like the very best ones. Mm-hmm. Not all of them do. And so that's sometimes a missing component. And also, there's also a power struggle often within the corporate world. And there's sort of the corporate ladder of who's moving up. And inside that power struggle, you can alleviate that power struggle conflict in your mind if you allow yourself to be in your power and say, I am going to make my decisions, not them making the decisions. I'm going to take the guidelines that my boss or my corporate exec tells us. I'll live within those guidelines, but I'm also going to think outside the box. I'm going to continually push myself to ask questions and provoke myself, read magazines, listen to podcasts and expand my horizons. And maybe I'll learn something from an acting coach from Hollywood that I hadn't thought of outside of the box before. And maybe that'll push me to a place where I can think differently about my job or my perspective. But the number one, the number one thing, Laura, I think about mindset. I mean, and this is the real key keystone. This is the cornerstone to my studio is that I have a a saying that that is really powerful and has really changed a lot of lives. It's make everything make you better. 
right? And I that's I think taking... I wrote that down. Yes, I wrote that down. Right? I wrote that down. Yes. Fantastic. Like, that sounds familiar. Yeah. Right? Because that's... making making everything makes us better changes our lives. We take if we can take the negatives that come at us and turn them into positives, we move from a victim mindset to a champion mindset. And again, in our, in our childhood, victim mindset can get a lot of attention from our parents. Victim mindset can blame a lot of people for the problems. It gives you a lot of excuses for not, you didn't achieve something because of that person. This didn't happen because of someone else. The victim mindset allows people to slide through life, blaming other people and other events and the forces of the universe are against me. Therefore I'm a victim and things just don't go well for me. And I think that's baloney. You know, I think you can oh, turn that oh. around. And I think that you can turn it around by practicing. You know, for my first 10 years of coaching, I started coaching in 1995 and I got to about 2005 and I was really sick of the victim mentality of young actors being, oh, I didn't get the part. I didn't do this. Oh, the act, the, the, the casting director was mean to me. The director was mean to me. All this victim mentality. Mm-hmm. So I, in my head, I was driving down the, the, PCH here in Malibu. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I can't take it one more second. If one more actor (laughs) is a victim, I'm going to kill him. Right. And so I thought, what can I do? What can I do? And I said, well, I start with me, right? If I start Mm -hmm. with me, Mm -hmm. I can prove this to myself. So I start, I said to myself, I've got to change it from being victim to champion because champion, Mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing sexy about a victim, right? There's nothing interesting about a victim, nothing. No, it's boring, but Champions are sexy, interesting, fun. You want to be with them. You want to hang out with them, right? So I said, okay, I'm going to switch my mindset. So I'm going to make everything make me better. So I started by making sticky notes to myself. And I put them up all over the place, in the fridge, in my closet, in my car, all over the world that I lived in. And I I just said, make everything make you better. And so every time I was forced with my own victim mindset, I was forced to take that change and say, okay, how can I take this negative and turn it into a positive? How can I take this negative and turn it into a positive? And there is a way to find with almost every negative, a way to turn it into a positive. Even the worst negatives can be seen as a human error. If you made a human error and what does human being mean? It means that you're human, right? Right. And, And we forget sometimes that we're human, but the very best at the highest level of all corporate people that I've met and Hollywood people that I've met, the very best directors, producers, everybody at the high, high level of of production and and corporate uh, America, corporate Canada, the people that I've met at the very highest levels are extremely human-based. They understand Mm -hmm. that we're human beings and they understand the foibles and the vulnerabilities of being a human being. And that's what, if a great executive has that with their staff, then there's going to be understanding, there's going to be compassion, there's going to be empathy, there's going to be you know a willingness to work with and understand and give people room to be human, <laughs> but also <laughs> expect them to step up their game and change from being a victim into a champion. And so that champion mindset, as soon as I turned it, I did it for about six months by myself and <laughs> it started changing my life. And oh, then, cool. And that is actually the answering your question finally mm-hmm. of how the book came along. I was leaning into my own champion mindset and I said, you know, I've got a lot of a lot of stuff to offer here. And, and there's a lot of mystery around Hollywood and the way that mm-hmm. actors work. And there's this sort of, you know, pink cloud, purple cloud, hazy, oh, we're not sure how it all works. And I know mm-hmm. that this exists in the corporate world as well. Well, oh, absolutely. We're not going to tell you exactly how to succeed here. You're going to figure that out. 
that out on your own. We're not going to tell you exactly how to make a better you know, impression on your employers or your executives. You have to figure that out on your own. And there's this sort of little thing that people do, which gives them power, which is to say, oh, it's a mystery. And I say that's baloney. Like I just say, mm-hmm, come on mm-hmm, now, there's mm-hmm. no mystery. Let's let's tell the truth. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I do in my book is I tell the truth to young actors about the way the industry works. And I also introduce them to the mindset of making sure that you are an entrepreneur and making sure that you've asked yourself, you know, the business questions that most business Mm -hmm. people should ask themselves. And I think that this goes for people that are in middle management or in the, in, in the lower levels of a company. If you haven't asked yourself the very big questions as in what is your mission statement or Mm -hmm. what is your big, why, why Mm -hmm. are you doing this? Right. If you have, if you haven't asked yourself the big business questions like that, you haven't done your job. That big why, when the big why is asked, why am I doing this job? What normally shows up is what's the next step, right? Right. If you you ask the why, then the next step will normally show up. So those are the kind of business oriented mindset questions that I give my actors, which has made Mm -hmm. a lot of them a lot smarter and a lot stronger in this very difficult industry of Hollywood. Oh, I'm sure. No, no, no. And I want to just underline a little bit about your, the, you guys out there listening, you know, it's, it's a bunch of overachievers, super high performers. That's why they listen. They're looking for little tips. Maybe they're engineers and, you know, didn't study communication, but they, and, and they did well on their technical skills, but now they're at director level and they, they see that communication is the thing. So they are, I'm sure everybody out there in the ether listening is eating this. I can just feel the joy out there. It's very exciting. And, you know, the thing about power struggle, I, I you brought that up and thought about in those terms, but it's so true. And, uh, and I think in certain industries, I, when, when an industry would like Hollywood, but like, you know, the top consulting firms or the top media companies, when they're highly prestigious and everybody and his mother is dying to work there, you do get top, top, top talent, but you also get a lot of like crazy people, don't you think? Yeah, you get people that have a, a kind of attractiveness to power, right? And power mm-hmm. power can turn people's mindsets pretty crazy. People can, can get can get a little bit mixed up when it gets into the power situation, mm-hmm. right? And people mm-hmm. want to dominate the situation, dominate the the the, the room that they're in, domi- over dominating the, the their section or their corporate level, their team that they're over, you know, they're looking over. So I, I do believe that that you know that that is really definitely a problem, but it's something that you can also overcome. Right. Oh, and I think absolutely. I, I think and they're everywhere. You can't not have them. <laughs> right. Exactly. And, and, <laughs> and I think that if, if you understand relationships, right, if you understand the difference between a personal relationship and a professional relationship, Oh, right? tell us. Well, personal relationships are based on the quality of the bond that you have with the other person. And they're based on on intimacy and trust and selflessness, right? That's Mm -hmm. a personal relationship. And we can trust these relationships because they're not based on self-first thinking. 
right? Mm -hmm. So self-first thinking is what you get in most professional relationships. Most, you know, some professional relationships will have similar aspects that personal relationships will, Mm -hmm. but most of them are focused on the advancement of both parties and their professional goals, right? And what's at stake in a a professional relationship is usually financial or reputation-based, right? Mm -hmm. Intimacy is not required, right? Correct. And it's perhaps not even wise, right? Right. And trust is also something that's not given, it's earned over time. In your mm-hmm. personal relationships, you know, it's it's about a mutual exchange built on love and support and care. And if you blur those lines in your professional relationships, it can get pretty messy, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it mm-hmm. can become pretty disappointing sometimes when people that you thought you had a wonderful relationship or you trusted, suddenly you find out that they chose someone else for a promotion over you, right? Right. So a role. That, that yeah. kind of stuff happens all the time. And mm-hmm. so it's just important that you understand the difference and you maintain that integrity. You know, Aristotle, the fabulous mm-hmm. Greek um, mm-hmm. philosopher, he had a great breakdown of relationships and friendships. He said, there's three different kinds of friendships, right? The first one is the relationship of advantage. And this is a relationship where the other person is profitable to you in some way. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's very likely that you're profitable to them in some way Mm -hmm, as well, mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So it's, we're taking advantage of each other. This Mm -hmm, is a good mm -hmm. quid pro quo. The second type is the relationship of comfort. And this relationship is based on someone's company that you find pleasurable. These are your fun Mm -hmm. friends, right? These Mm -hmm, are people that mm -hmm. you get along with and people that you enjoy their company. And it's a friendship. Mm-hmm. And then there's the relationship of value. This is the last mm-hmm. one. And this is built on mutual appreciation and esteem. And this type of relationship is, is based upon agreed upon ethics. And mm-hmm. it takes longer to build. But mm-hmm. of course, that third one is the one that you really want with your family and your friends. That's that's mm-hmm. usually it's there. Mm-hmm. And you can have a relationship of value with your coworkers as long oh, yeah. as it is based on ethics right? Mm -hmm, On mm -hmm. on agreed upon ethics. But I think what's important for young entrepreneurs or people that are in the industry, important for everyone is just being able to identify those things. And, you know, we get very mixed up. It becomes very personal when you start to have an inter-office personal problem, right? It becomes very much like, how dare they say that about me? How dare they not see my integrity? How dare they think that I was lying and trying to take the easy way out or whatever the the accusation Mm -hmm, is, mm -hmm. or how dare they not see my hard work how dare they not see my integrity <laughs> yeah exactly i've right? been there right we've all been there right mm-hmm. and i think the important thing is is having the availability to step back and see the situation clearly and be able to identify what kind of friendship you have and to make sure that you investigate yourself and where you've crossed the line between personal relationship and professional relationship being able to take the step back to say, okay, I've made a mistake here. I trusted mm-hmm. this person implicitly when I, when I didn't really know them, I took, right. the, I didn't really have the time to build the trust. And mm-hmm. so it's very important to be able to define that. And then of course, take your responsibility, take your part of the responsibility and go from there. Yeah. That's a, that's a great insight, Craig, that we normally don't think about. I think of Aristotle as the first communication coach, but oh, you're yeah. right. He, he did also teach on those relationships. And I think it worked because we spend so much time with this set of people that we can mistake one category for another 
and think that, you know, maybe somebody who's comfortable can also help me when they can't. And so they don't. <laughs> and right. so we're disappointed, you know. Right. So that's a great insight there. I love that. The time goes by so fast in these things. <laughs> I have two or three things I want to cover. And one of them relates to when you said make everything make you better, which I absolutely love. But tell our audience, this is kind of a variation of that theme from your book. It says, how can I use this? Tell us yeah. about some, maybe tell us a story about that or something. Sure, absolutely. You know, taking a negative and turning it into a positive is once you start to do it, you get better and better at it. I'll give you an example. A lot of people, and, th and this goes for, this isn't just for actors, this is for everybody. A lot of people get really nervous when they have to publicly speak, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I know that there's many, many smart people out there that, that talk about public speaking. But, you know, obviously for me as an acting coach, being in front of the public eye is something that we deal with all the time. So if you have a situation where you are nervous, where you mm -hmm. where you get start getting butterflies and you start to get nervous about the situation, that is actually an energy, right? Mm -hmm. It's an it's an energy. And so if you can identify that energy inside your inside your body and you can say, oh, I, I'm concerned, usually it's about being judged negatively. That's mm -hmm. usually Correct. That's, that's usually what you're worried about, right? But if you can understand that and you see it as an energy, you can take it and turn it into a positive by giving yourself that energy flow from your nervousness into the work that you're about to say, into the understanding of your audience. If you forget who your audience is, you're going to be in trouble. If you're just oh, speaking yes. from, if you're speaking from your ego and it's all about you, then mm -hmm. you're going to just be an egotistical speaker. But if you're, <laughs> if you're worried about your audience and you're concerned that your audience is going to learn something or gain something from, from you, then there's something there that you can be leaning into. Leaning into is the audience gaining something here. Right. So if my nervousness is coming up, I can say, you know what? I think that there are people in the audience that probably understand nerves. I think that there are people out there that have this similar problem with me. And if I can take this energy that's in my body mm -hmm. and help mm -hmm. turn it into a positive, promoting, fun energy, I can turn it around. With actors, it's a little bit easy because they're playing another character. And so you mm -hmm. can say, you can say to them, hey, you're playing Romeo or Juliet, right? Well, mm -hmm. hey, hey, Juliet, in the balcony scene, how are you nervous? Well, mm -hmm. Juliet's very nervous. She's dreaming about a boy. She's thinking about going against her family's wishes. She's going against the church. She's going against society. Romeo is too. He's going over. He's 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 um, you know basically breaking and entering into the backyard to uh, be a peeping tom on Juliet, right? And so they're both they're both in danger of having something go wrong. So for actors, they can take that nervousness and just turn it into the character's energy, and then flow that energy into the character. But people in normal life can do that as well. You can take any kind of energy. You know, the fact, as I've, I've spoken about before already in this segment, is anybody that's great at their job understands that people are vulnerable. And mm -hmm. if you are vulnerable, then you are a regular person. And that's a great mm -hmm. place to be. And if you can be humble and vulnerable within yourself and whatever's going on, let's say maybe I could have a little cold this morning before the podcast. 
I don't, mm-hmm. I'm grateful for mm-hmm. that. But if mm-hmm. I did, I would still be here. I would still be mm-hmm. here and talking with you because I take that negative cold, right? Mm-hmm. That um, difficulty. And I would turn it into a positive energy. I would say to myself, Craig, you've got to turn this cold into something positive. How can you do that? Well, a cold is something that everybody gets. Everybody mm-hmm. understands that. Everybody understands that vulnerability, mm-hmm. right? And so I'm just going to take that that energy, whatever it is, and turn it into a positive. So it's really just the practice of taking that mindset of I'm going to take negatives and I'm going to make them positives. And if you work at it, it's, it becomes easier and easier. I love that. So I want everybody out there when, and I, you know, apply that, or I am now encouraged to apply it even more with things that annoy me, you know, like having to turn in things to my accountant or, you know, clean off my desk. Like, how can I use that? How can I, you know, make it make me better, like you said, or to just taking even a certain meeting that you're dreading, like maybe you can say, well, I'm going to use this to get better at expressing myself or being more persuasive or being stronger. How exactly. can you use that? Yeah, exactly. So exactly. If, if we had a crisis, right? If you mm-hmm. got some sort of crisis, well, if you, if you haven't thought through how to handle crisis management, you need to, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there's, there's a five quick steps to crisis management that I'll make really quick here. I won't go deep mm-hmm. into it because I know we're mm-hmm. running out of time, but mm-hmm. if you can admit failure quickly, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Let your ego go and admit failure. And then number two, get excited about a setback because you're mm-hmm. embracing the failure. Um, my sister is an executive at a Canadian fashion company. She's a, the, the vice president of a, of a big Canadian fashion company. And they encourage their staff to fail fast. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going to try something, do it now and do it quickly. And let's see if it fails fast or fails slowly, or, you know, let's get, to, right. it. Let's get to it. So we, we're on it. And if it does fail, then we can try something else and fail fast again until we find the answer to the problem. So getting excited about a setback, not looking at it as negative, turning it around, fail fast and move on. That's number three. And then also practicing risk management. This is something that you can do in advance to having the crisis. Before you get into a crisis situation, know and understand yourself and anticipate problems before they come up. In Hollywood producers, what makes a great Hollywood producer is someone that anticipates problems. The best producers have three answers up their sleeves before the problem even happens. And if the problem doesn't happen, terrific. But a great Hollywood producer will have three locations available just in case the location falls down, right? They will have three, three trucks ready to go just in case one of the trucks doesn't make it to the set. They will pre-think it, right? So you practice your risk management. And then the final step is to rebound with confidence, right? It's what it really makes a great team player. It makes a great leader, right? It isn't Mm -hmm. just skill or talent or discipline. It's the ability to recover quickly. It's the Mm -hmm. ability to not have to wallow. You don't have to go get drunk this weekend to get through. (laughs) Oh, I just can't wait for my glass of wine. You don't need the glass of wine. You've got the power in yourself to deepen yourself, dig deep in yourself, pardon me, mm-hmm. and, and find the ability to recover quickly. And mm-hmm. even if it, even if it is just putting in line, all of these things that I've just talked about going through it and being proud of yourself and taking that negative and turning it into a positive, even if it's just saying, I can admit that I was wrong and I've learned from this and I'm going to get better. That is already rebounding with confidence. Exactly. And what the fear is, is that, oh, I'm, people sometimes think, well, think that, well, I shouldn't have made that mistake. Well, 
uh, welcome to the real world. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the big time, kid. <laughs> right. So, wow, that's amazing. Already learning the what the best producers do, like that secret to their high performance, learning a five-step crisis management in like three minutes. That's this is like how much value. There's one, two, two things I want you to talk about before I'll let you go. And one of them is related, they're both related to communication. So one is making it about the other person. And I know that's the obvious, like, you know, have your audience in mind, but maybe speak a little bit to that. And if you would just close with some your thoughts on the tools in your book, using them to be more persuasive, because that's what a lot of people feel like when other people, when their idea or their proposal is shot down, they feel like it's hard for them to recover on the spot. And you're talking to a lot of introverts who feel like, oh, I need time to process. I'm on the, I mean, my brain's not working. I can't think of what to say. So if you would address those two issues, I, I really think that there would be a tremendous value for our audience. Great. Okay. So making it about the other person comes from simple human truth. Mm-hmm. Underneath every human interaction, there's basically two things going on that people don't even acknowledge. There's usually an action of some sort. If I'm talking to you, I am uh, coming to you for advice. I'm seeking your approval. I need to know that you love me. I am checking in on my mom, making sure that she's okay. There's an action inside of any any kind of relationship, even ordering a coffee from a barista at your mm-hmm. local coffee shop, right? That You have an action, which is I need sustenance. And I'm asking this person to provide me with that sustenance. So underneath every human interaction, there is an action and there is also Mm -hmm. a need from the other person. You need something from that person. Yes. Kind of like a rhythm. It's kind of like a a, a cycle that goes on and it happens underneath our conversation. It's the subtext of human Mm -hmm. communication. And the core of that is I have an action that I'm doing and I have a need. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, if that's true in every communication, then that making it about the other person is, is about looking into their eyes, looking into their, their perspective, looking at their conditions, what they're, how they're seeing the world, taking in their view, their worldview is really important. And also looking into their personality into their eyes to see that you're communicating to see that they're really hearing you to see mm-hmm. that they're really listening to you and if they're not taking the time to clarify for them you can tell when you're looking in someone's eyes or even on the phone you can hear when someone yes. goes off into the distance and they're not really right. listening you can stop and take a pause and change your perspective and say something funny add a joke mm-hmm. change mm-hmm. your perspective bring something in go more serious bring in an anecdote that will speak mm-hmm. to their side of the conversation and be able to bring them in so making it about the other person is really the key to having that communication really turn into something where you are not just uh, spitting out all your ideas, throwing it at the wall, hoping that something sticks. No, you pay attention to the wall. You look Mm -hmm. at the wall, you see what the wall needs. You see what the wall is looking for. And then you can also read the wall's behavior of what, what are they thinking about about it? Right. So that's, that's, that's the idea behind making that. So that, 
but that is in every human interaction. There is an action and there is a need from that other person. And so if you know that in advance, then you will know that you have your action and then you have a need from them, right? And most of the right. time in, in, in business situation, our need is approval. Oh, you love right. my idea. Oh, you want to give me the, yes, that, that's, that's great thinking. Good for you. Up you go. You know, congratulations. Good for you. And we're, mm-hmm. we're always seeking that. But when we, when we don't receive that, the point is not to panic and say, oh my goodness, I'm in a bad place. Uh, this, mm-hmm. is a, this is a disaster. And that leads me to the second thing that you wanted to talk about, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. being persuasive. Okay. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to return to my Hollywood producer mentality here, Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. I think that the most persuasive people and the most successful people are the ones that go the deepest in their planning. If you just think I am going to present this project, I'm going to present my project today. And if you don't ask yourself all the questions that you could be asked by your uh, Mm -hmm. superiors, or the Mm -hmm. people that are above you on that are going to be looking at your project or your idea, you've got to do the extra homework of not just be, again, this is sort of like college and high school. Don't just finish the project and hand it in. Right. Look, look, think about what the teacher is going to say about your project. Look Mm -hmm. at the, look for holes in your own project. What could somebody say that's going to be a negative about this and be prepared. The more prepared you are for what other people are going to say, the better you're going to be in that moment of being prepared for that. And you can say, well, you know what, boss, I already thought about that. And here's my answer. And you've got three things that you can back up your, your, your proposal with, Mm -hmm. and you can also stop their problem and, and answer their problem because you've done your homework. So I have, I have a saying here, they who go deepest win. Ooh, I love that. And I say that to my actors all the time. Mm -hmm. The, the, The actor that does the most homework, the people that go the deepest into themselves to bring this character to life. Mm -hmm. They're the Mm -hmm. actors that really book the part. And the same thing goes in the business world. The people that come to a presentation that that are working and going the deepest and Mm -hmm. asking the questions and and going the deepest doesn't mean staying up until midnight either sometimes, right? right? It doesn't mean that you have to exhaust yourself and not have a family life. It just (laughs) means taking a half hour or 15 minutes to change your mindset against, Mm -hmm. we're back to mindset, change your mindset from the presenter to the receiver. Mm -hmm. And if you, Mm -hmm. if you were going to be receiving this presentation, Mm -hmm. how would you question it? What are things that you could ask? Or if you have a a good partner in in business, or if you have a partner in your life that you could spitball it or a friend that you Mm -hmm. could sit down and say, Mm -hmm. Hey, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to give you my presentation. Give me some negatives, throw me some challenges, try try this up. So preparation is everything. Those that are prepared, those that go deepest, those are the ones that win. All right. That is awesome. Well, I know the people that listening to this are are like jumping for joy because they love to prepare. Awesome. (laughs) This this is a group of people that are all in. That's great. Well, and you know, and if, if, if they're interested, the book is an interesting read because it does cross, it does cross over all of these things. It's, you know, it's about acting, but it does have many, many little secret things. You know, there's just so many things that can go on in the interpersonal relationships as we're working. And, and these ideas of just being able to take the negatives and turn them around and make them positives in your mindset is your success. Absolutely. So, no, I totally agree. agree. That's, what, that's why I was so excited to have you on the show, because I think that we get our best insights by looking into a different industry. A few years ago, I went to an interior design 
conference and you know who knew that people could talk for an hour about color <laughs> i didn't know what performance fabric was i didn't know there were so many types of chairs but it really stimulated my thinking and after that my you know i was able to take my company up to the next level so i think that the, you are going to be helping the people listening to this really encouraging them and you is the book available yeah, I got a yes, free copy. Yes, so it's it is. out there. It's, it's out there. Craig Archibald, the our actor's mindset. The link will be in the show notes. It'll be on my newsletter that you should be getting. And anything, any closing thoughts, Craig? I really thank you. This has been awesome. You know, super surpassing expectations. Well, thank you very much. And it's been a pleasure to be, be here. How about this? This is my equation for success. Uh, I say that discipline plus time mm-hmm. equals integrity integrity mm-hmm. and perseverance equals quality and quality and opportunity equals success oh i love that that is that is very that touches my heart that i i think because it, it shows that it's you can do it it's not even if you didn't go to harvard or your father was not a senator exactly. or your mother was not an ambassador you know Everybody can do it. There's plenty of success out there for everyone. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much. And um, we're going to sign off now. And I will talk to everyone on the next episode. 